This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White Show. Each week, we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. These issues concern children and adults who may be autistic, have Asperger's, or have mental disorders of any kind. We will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons. Now, let's start the show. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another wonderful Friday afternoon, Friday evening on the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White show. We're going to be talking about uh, the Israel versus Palestine war today. And I am your host, uh, Maceo Coleman, and uh, we will soon be joined by the hostess with the mostest, Miss Jenny White herself. And we will also have a a special guest, uh, Lucille Payne, Lucy Payne, who's going to be uh, talking with us uh, about the Israel versus Palestine war. The war between Israel and Palestine has been called a holy war. This conflict conflict has been going on for years. A two-state solution has not worked, and the Palestinian people have been oppressed and compared to the apartheid in South Africa. Is this war because the terrorist group Hamas, funded by Iran, bombed and kidnapped over 200 people from Israel? Or is there more that than meets the eye? Is this really smoke and mirrors? And the real cause of this conflict is to create a new canal named the Ben-Gurion Canal, named after the first prime minister of Israel, that they want to run straight through Gaza. We will talk about this, and let's see where this rabbit hole leads us. And I think we have uh, hostess with the mostest, Jenny White. Yes, how you doing? Good, how you doing, Jenny? Okay, I'm just going to start this. This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White Show. Each week, we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. These issues concern children and adults who may be autistic, have Asperger's, or have mental disorders of any kind. We will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons. Now, let's start the show. Okay, there you go. All right, we played both of those, but we can play them again. That's all right. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't hear them. 
go. That's okay. That's okay. So we uh we're gonna be talking about Israel versus Palestine. We've got uh, Sister Lucy that's going to be uh working with us today, and um, we're going to talk about some of the uh, things that are going on in this war, and some of the uh, theories that it may be more to it than just a holy war in this particular conflict. So uh, if you have a question or a comment that you'd like to uh, add or just be a part of this discussion, feel free, push the one on your phone, we'll bring you in and we'll go from there. Um, but just to uh, give you a few facts uh, regarding this dire humanitarian crisis in Gaza, um, one and a half million people are now refugees, and there's no place in Gaza that's left uh, that's safe. They say they're bombing the north. They're bombing the south. They're telling people to evacuate south, but they're bombing hospitals, uh, and dozens of ICU patients, you know, have died. There's no more food or water left in the grocery stores. Uh, it's just, uh, they said that the Palestinian people are at this point are at a point where they can, uh, they're practically starving. So with that being said, you know, and we have, uh, <laughs> covered this, uh, topic once before that more than 50% of the uh, people in Gaza are 18 years or younger. Um, and so right now, you know, in a lot of places, there's no food, water, electricity, or fuel. Um, the gas that was running the generator at one of the hospitals ran out. Uh, just heard today a 16-year-old uh, Palestinian a uh, young man had gotten shot in the head by a sniper and survived and uh, was taken to a hospital and they did surgery by flashlight. Um, wow. Yeah, yes. so, so it's a um, system of inequality where uh, the Palestinian people have been compared to the African people in uh, South Africa during the apartheid. It's a uh, situation where they have no rights. They're being oppressed. And uh, it's just a mess. And so uh, with that being said, um, some are wondering if this conflict is based on economics. Like they say, uh, Hamas on October 7th invaded Israel with all their uh, up-to-date technology. They um, were had a surprise attack. Um, and so, you know, I think uh, Hamas killed about 1,400 Israelis and um, kidnapped over 200 people. Now, it seems as if that some people are comparing that incident to America's 9-11. 
it seems to me that uh, Israel's technology should have been, uh, their intelligence should have let them know that Hamas was planning an attack uh, or even America's uh, technology could have assisted with the uh, uh, America's technology could have assisted with uh, alerting them that uh, there was a looming attack that was coming up. Um, So one stands to wonder that maybe there's more to this bombing than... And what uh, meets the eye, yeah. Yeah, maybe there's more to it than that. It sounds like Sister Lucy's on on the line. <laughs> yes, I'm here. <laughs> well, okay, how you doing? I'm doing. <laughs> you know, well, this is more uh, intense than what we can see. It it seems like it's bringing together the entire world and uh, making some major changes in the entire world, in the societies and governments and things. But um, um. They say the best intelligence in the world is the Israelis because they're always under attack. They have to be ready, you know. It could be that they allowed something like that to happen because they had other things on their mind, you know, as to what they wanted to do as far as the Gaza. And that's what I've heard. But to really look at this entire uh, what's happening now, you have to go back to the the declaration, the Balfour Declaration, that uh, happened in um, November the 2nd, 1917. Uh, It's uh, under um, the British wanted to have, and France were planning moves during World War II, but they wanted to control the Holy Land. They they had their own way. They wanted to split it up in certain areas for the oil, as well as just having uh, the control over this land. You know, um, I know one of the ministers has said, that as far as we're concerned, we know about Israel because we know it from the Bible. That's what we know it from. We look at the Bible stories and things of that nature, and that's how we've been familiar with the the Israelites, the Jewish people. But there are other facets that you have to be considered of. He was emphasizing the fact that um, look what's happening here in the United States. We have a Muslim population that's been threatening the government. But if you don't uh, vote for them to stop fighting there, then what we're going to do is we're going to vote. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Yeah, I thought Hello. my phone is not the best. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, then they're saying we're not going to vote for you. And all of the pressures that we're getting from the Muslim population here and other people also. But it seems like they're dictating to us what our government and what we should do and under threats of violence and things like that. And um, you have to go back to the Balfour Declaration that happened November 2nd, 1917, in which, um, what's his name? Uh, Balfour, uh, his name is, uh, he was the uh, British, um, let's see, Foreign Minister Arthur Balfour, 
and uh, he was, uh, and then he was dealing with the leader of the Zionist movement of the Rothschilds, mm-hmm. who was over the federal Zionist movement for Israel. And what they were trying to do was to stir up the Jews to want to go back to to the homeland. They they should have a time in the homeland, you know, as as it was before before they were put out by the Romans in 70 A.D. That was the last time I believe that Titus. 70 AD, he just, um, you know, and they removed the Jews from the property and things of that nature. We have to look at the histories of a lot of the people during that time. They wanted, mm-hmm. but Britain wanted a certain, Britain and France designed this whole movement. And uh, because of that, this is what they wanted to do, to have control in the Holy Land. Britain did not own the Holy Land. They couldn't do anything. But through the World War II, World War One. They they started um, they did finally gain the control over the Holy Land, and they were saying that really the Jews before the time of Hitler they were comfortable where they were. They had you know we had the high-ranking Jews. Uh, they had uh, you know richness. Uh, you know they just settled in the communities where they were and they were satisfied. It was only after the the it started that the the uh, Hitler because of the way World War Two ended. He felt it was wrong, and he kept making moves. And then finally, um, what he wanted to do was to blame the Jews for it. That's when they started looking for a place to go. And Britain was in control of that. And so they said, well, well, what we need to do is we have to establish. They didn't say a state. They said we want to establish a home for the Jewish people to go to because, after all, they don't have a place to go to, you know. At that time, it was about 8%. Jewish people living in the areas of Palestine during that time, 8%, 22%. They lived together. There was no, you know, they functioned together. And this is what that Arab person or the, uh, I was looking to, listening to a newscast, and he was talking about how this should be. You shouldn't have a state. Okay, after all, they weren't pushing to have a state, but just they, uh, they used the word they need a home. They need a home for the Jewish people. They don't have a home, a home, a home. Uh, but things uh, escalated to the point where they had to have been, they finally were able to establish uh, a Jewish state within Palestine uh, on May the 14th, 1948. And they were welcomed by the United States. They had their first elections and things of that nature. Uh, there are several pictures that you can look at as to how all this happened. And I was writing out some of the movies that uh, would help you become more familiar with this time. One was a movie called, by Otto Permiture called The Exodus. I know that came back years years ago when they were trying to, uh, the European Jews was coming in after being in the concentration camps and things of that nature. That's how things were trying to align up. They were fighting for their independence. They were fighting the British. They were fighting the British and how they, um, Britain had their hands full. But it was the Balfour Declaration that made all of this possible and that put them in, in really in the land. And uh, they started, you know, making, uh, God has said in his word that you'll start coming back to your homeland. You know, he made it um, in, in Jeremiah. He made them buy some land before they were put out by the Babylonians that I'm going to bring you back here. But he spreads them all over the world. And this is what happened. It was, it's been interesting, but the thing that I'm looking at is how this has affected the entire world. And it makes the United States look very, very small. 
I didn't know that we had been dropping bombs in Iran. You know, we're fighting over there, even now. You know, because they've, they've been bothering with our troops and things of that nature. It keeps going on and on and on. A lot of people have said that the Jews, whatever happens to the Jews, that's the timeline. That's the religious timeline for the earth. Whatever happens with them, you know, and people look at this, is God coming? Because he has promised to rescue his people. He calls the apple of his eye, although they have been um, uh, <laughs> substandard a lot of times. And I was talking to one of the rabbis today who I usually talk to, and they've been substandard, but they, everyone is looking. Is, is, is Christ coming back? Is this what's going to happen? Look what's happening here. Look what's happening over here. And all involved is centered around the Jewish nation of Israel. Now, I did hear that what they want to do as far as the Gaza Strip, they want to make their own um, Suez Canal, so to speak, so they can have their own, you know, because Egypt is really um, gaining money coming through that, you know, building a, 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 you know, they really control the Suez Canal and what comes through there. And sometimes the ships have been stopped. They, they, we're having a lot of problems with that. And what is sad about it is um, they, with their own, they can do their own. You know? And that involves the Gaza Strip. I heard that I heard that move is going on, too. But just how they cannot get along. You know, they, they want the Jewish people out. They have give, Jewish people have given up land, you know, or they try to keep the peace. They gave up some more land to the Arab community. No, we want it all. We don't want you here. We don't want a state of Israel. And this is the attitude that has been since the uh, the Balfour Declaration. They are against it. They don't want it. And um, um, they're complaining about what they have been. uh, It used to be under the Ottoman control. And Britain has always had problems with the Ottomans. And so they made promises to the Ottomans. They made promises to other... um, uh, Arab communities there, but they would break them. Yeah. They wouldn't uh, keep their no, that's, yeah, that's some good information. I just wanted to uh, read the Balfour Declaration. Uh, it says that, that it, was a public, it was a public statement issued by the British government in 1917 during the First World War announcing its support for the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine, then an Ottoman region with a small minority Jewish population. The declaration was contained in a letter dated, like you said, November 2nd, 1917, from the United Kingdom's Foreign Secretary Arthur Balfour to Lord Rothschild, a leader of the British Jewish community, for transmission to the Zionist Federation of Great Britain and Ireland. The text of the declaration was published in the press on November 9, 1917. Immediately following their declaration of war on the Ottoman Empire in November 1914, the British War Cabinet began to consider the future of Palestine. Within two months, a memorandum was circulated to the cabinet by a Zionist cabinet member, Herbert Samuel, proposing the support of Zionist ambitions in order to enlist the support of Jews in the wider war. A committee was established in April 1915 
by Prime Minister, British Prime Minister H.H. Asquith to determine their policy towards the Ottoman Empire, including Palestine. Asquith, who had favored post-war reform of the Ottoman Empire, resigned in December 1916. His replacement, David Lloyd George, favored partition of the empire. The first negotiations between the British and the Zionists took place at a conference on February 7, 1917, that included Sir Mark Sykes and the Zionist leadership. Subsequent discussions led to Balfour's request on June 19 that Rothschild and Shaim Wiseman submit a draft of a public declaration. Further drafts were discussed by the British cabinet during September and October with input from Zionist and anti-Zionist Jews, but with no representation from the local population in Palestine. So, so yeah, that's uh, just part of uh, what you were saying about this declaration. Um, and it also says that by late 1917, in the lead up to the Balfour Declaration, the wider war had reached a stalemate. It had reached a stalemate with two of Britain's allies not fully engaged. The United States had yet to suffer a casualty, and the Russians were in the midst of a revolution with Bolsheviks taking over the government. A stalemate in southern Palestine was broken by the Battle of Beersheba on October 31st, 1917. The release of the final declaration was authorized on October 31st. The preceding cabinet discussion had referenced perceived propaganda benefits amongst the worldwide Jewish community for the Allied war effort. The opening war words of the declaration represented the first public expression of support for Zionism by a major political party. The term national home had no precedent in international law and was intentionally vague as to whether a Jewish state was contemplated. The intended boundaries of Palestine were not specified, and the British government later confirmed that the words in Palestine meant that the Jewish national home was not intended to cover all of Palestine. The second half of the declaration was added to satisfy opponents of the policy who had claimed that it would otherwise prejudice the position of the local population of Palestine <clears throat> and encourage anti-Semitism worldwide by stamping the Jews as strangers in their native lands. <clears throat> The declaration called for safeguarding the civil and religious rights <clears throat> for the Palestinian Arabs, who composed the vast majority of the local population, and also the rights and political status of the Jewish communities in other countries outside of Palestine. The British government acknowledged in 1939 that the local population wishes and interests should have been taken into account and recognized in 2017 that the declaration should have called for the protection of the Palestinian Arabs' political rights. Mm -hmm. The declaration had many long-lasting consequences. It greatly increased popular support for Zionism with Jewish communities worldwide and became a core component of the British mandate for Palestine. The founding document 
of mandatory Palestine. It indirectly led to the emergence of Israel and is considered a principal cause of the ongoing Israel Israeli-Palestinian conflict, often described as the world's most intractable conflict. Controversy remains over a number of areas, such as whether the declaration contradicted early earlier promises the British made to the Sharif of Mecca in the McMahon Hussein correspondence. So it's a mess, in other words. It is. You know, it that. It is. But they were yeah, glad that. to pull out 1948. 1948, they just were glad to leave it, and they left it in the hands of the uh, the UN at that time. They were putting it together, the UN, and they came up with a, an agreement to keep it as a national rule of law, you know, that they would control it that way. Mm-hmm. But we've had problems ever since then, you know, ever since then. It was interesting to note that the Romans, uh, uh, after they um, expelled the Jews, they put um, the indigent, indigent population of the, uh, of the Palestinians in that area. You know, they did. They, you know, they got rid of, you know, when they moved, removed a lot of the Jews, they put them in that area. That was interesting. I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what gave them there. They were... If you really go back, and I was looking at YouTube, you really can't tell um, if they had, a, uh, they were like an indigent people. They were just, you know, just out there, you know, and uh, going this way and then that way. And then some of the Samaritans, who, you know, the, the, the Jews did not like the Samaritans, they came over to the Muslim side of the Islamic side of worship. And it was just, it was just a conglomeration of people that really had no, no real foundation, you know. They were just out there living, you know, and um, they used that. When the Romans put them there, that was interesting. After they had removed the Jews from the from um, that area, hmm. and so I was trying to find out just where the Palestinians originated. And when you go back and read it, there's this really no. They didn't have a land that was given to them <clears throat> like that. They were just a part of, you know, just whatever was out there. They were over here one time and over here, whatever government took place over here, and they were here, over here, and there was no solid like, okay, like God said, Ishmael, you're going to have this land. And he told the Jews, you can't bother their land. Then you had the, um, the, the, two, uh, the, uh, the children of Lot, the Ammonites and the Moabites, but that's their land. You can't bother that. When they came out of Egypt, you can't bother that. And, and leave them alone. Okay, Ishmael, and then what Esau had, you know, as Jacob and Esau, his brother, that's their land. You don't bother that. You can buy water from them. You can buy food from them. But you stay on the main highway. For 40 years, that went on and on. He wouldn't let them touch it at all. And then um, when they were finally, um, when they finally conquered the Canaanite land, where, um, you know, then they were settled there, you know. And now, because in the 20th chapter of um, Second Chronicles, here they come trying to fight the Jewish people under the, prophet, under the king Jehoshaphat. And that's, that's interesting to study as to when they, you know, because they had, uh, he, they remind the Lord that you gave us this, you didn't let us bother them. Here they're coming over here to bother us, you know. But there's really no mention of 
what I could see, any mention of the Palestinian people as a people until after what the Romans did when they put them there in that land. And I, I do encourage anyone who knows more about it that please call in just, just to find out just what the deal is with this, all of this because, like I said, the entire world is being affected by this. A lot of them, they say it should be a two-party thing. You give them a part of Jerusalem and you give them a part of, um, of let them have their state and the Jews have that. They said, no, we're not going to divide it anymore. We were given up property of uh, uh, land before. And every time they would give up land, then it was more violence, and they would take more land, more violence. They said, we're not giving up any more land at all. And so this is the state that we're in right now. But it was interesting to study that. But the thing I'm looking at is what is happening within the United States. Our country, we're being threatened on every side, even Saudi Arabia, where it's my understanding we get our oil from Saudi Arabia, and they're saying if you don't do something about this, so the Palestinians, they're threatening the United States. Remember, we had the, um, um, uh, what's it called, Desert Storm and Desert Shield for Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia, you know. We've done all that over there. Now you're going to say this, you know, I believe we're still getting our oil from there. But then a lot of the African countries are saying we're going to stick with the Palestinians. You know, Nigeria has oil, all of this, you know, but they're saying, well, we're not going to, if you don't change your policy, but what I can see, then we're not going to, you know, deal with you. And uh, I wonder, under all this pressure that we're under here, as a, considered the free world, you know, we know better, but considered the free world, just what, what decisions will we be making? What decisions? Yeah. No. Well, we, all we have a lot mm-hmm. of the uh, Islamic population here in the United States. We have about 10 cities. I was reading that, uh, and they practically control Washington, D.C. All of this is happening. And they've been uh, uh, picketing and going through changes and all of this. And it was refreshing to see that, uh, I think it was yesterday, that uh, a lot of the people got together to fight for Israel, you know, to say, you know, we're still in league with Israel. You know, we've been supporting them since, the, you know, they, they buy, we buy products to give them, uh, not we've been paying for it, but they pay for their what they what they get from us. But um, war materials and everything, that dome system that they have, it was during the, uh, John Hagee had this night to honor Israel, and they emphasized and the Israeli ambassador at that time emphasized the fact as to how Obama was instrumental in helping them to put together that dome system. That's been a real help to them as far as defense is concerned. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, the Iron Dome. That dome system, yeah. I don't know how it works, but he helped them to put it together, you know. And uh, I know they were saying, uh, does Israel have a right to defend? He said they have a right to defend themselves now. Although he was trying to work with the Arab community as far as uh, bomb production when he made that that agreement with with, um, the uh, Iran and all of that, you know, and giving them all that money. But they, but they usually do what they want with it, you know. I know uh, the late Colin Powell was in agreement with Obama when he made that decision. He said, I don't understand what he's trying to do. He wasn't against it, you know. If anybody was for uh, the United States, it was, it was Colin Powell, um, you know. But um, 
just what uh, what pressure are we going to go under? You know, are we going to yield to all of this? You know, or, you know, just what what's going to happen with our country here? And this is what yeah. I've been uh, while looking at the Balfour Declaration. What is going to happen here? Britain got tired of it. After 30 years, they were glad to pull out in May of 1948 when Israel became a nation. They were glad to leave. And like I said, they turned it over to the United, then the United Nations of the World of Nations uh, for them to deal with the problem. Yeah, that's true. Just now, yeah, now you know, some people yeah. have said that this conflict is because they want to bomb Gaza, make it a parking lot, so that they can you know, uh, kill all the Palestinians and and get them out of that land so that they can build this Ben-Gurion canal project uh, through the state of Israel. It would connect the Gulf of Aquaba to the Mediterranean Sea. And they said a canal would rival the Suez Canal, which runs through Egypt. Yeah, and, and it's had many disturbances in its history such as the Israeli blockage through the Suez Canal in the Straits of Tehran, closure of the Suez Canal uh, in 1956 to 1957, closure of the Suez Canal in 1967 through 1975, and the 2021 Suez Canal obstruction uh, where a ship uh, fell on its side and blocked the canal. Uh, they say this canal would be over 100 kilometers longer than the 193-kilometer Suez Canal. And uh, in 1963, the United States did a feasibility study um, under contract to the United States Department of Energy and wrote a memorandum that explored the possibility of using 520 buried nuclear explosions to help excavate a canal through the hills in the Negev Desert. The document was classified until 1993. So, you know, they're looking they're looking to explode 520 nuclear explosions to help excavate this canal, which would be longer. Yeah, you know, so uh there's a plan and it was 1963 the united states did a feasibility study of it so uh it's nothing new it's just a matter of yeah it's just a matter of yeah i think you know they want to run it straight through gaza and so you know the palestinians are in the way and the way of you know this major construction um the Suez Canal brought Egypt, you know, over nine billion dollars last year in fees. Yes, they are. Yes, they did. Yeah. They have to pay more. Yeah. 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 So this um, uh, canal project would uh, rival the Suez Canal. It'd be longer, deeper, wider, and um, so all that money would go to Israel. That's true. That is true. Yep. So That's what their economy is hurting right now because a lot of people, a lot of nations that won't deal with Israel anymore. They, they're, they're not dealing with them at all. They're trying to break their economy. That's, so what, we're, that's what they're going through right now. 
Yeah, so they, you know, they're going I through remember. some things. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You remember what? I remember when um, uh, I think Golda Meir was in power, was the prime minister, and she needed air cover for her um, for her troops. It was during the time I believe, I believe it was during the time of Nixon, if I'm not mistaken. But um, so they had they had purchased all these planes from us. They needed it. In order to get there, we had to. Um, but the Arabs said, "We don't care what you do. You're not landing here." So what they had to do, all those planes that we were giving them, we had to fly through the air. They had to refuel in the air in order to get those planes to um, Israel. And I've heard that the best pilot they have, as far as you know, is the Israeli pilot because they're always they're always flying under pressure. You know, they know how to get use the flares to get things off of them and stuff like that. From what I understand, but um, yeah. Also, they had to refuel in the air because of the air said, "No, you're not going to land here at all." So well, they, you know, right? there, there's been a fight and struggle for Palestine for years, and I'm going to play a little excerpt of what Malcolm X said about this Palestinian conflict in the 1960s. So, listen to this. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. That every living soul on this planet should inherit by birthright. It's an unyielding resistance against the oppressive, suffocating grip of occupation and the callous denial of the most basic human dignity. Just as the civil rights movement in the United States fought against the chains of racial discrimination, so too do the Palestinian people strive to shatter the chains of occupation and tyranny. Never forget, my friends, that the Palestinians, much like African Americans in the United States, have been subjected to a heart-wrenching history of suffering and torment. The birth of Israel in 1948 brought forth the mass expulsion and dispossession of hundreds of thousands of Palestinians from their ancestral homes and land. This is a historic injustice that continues to haunt the lives of Palestinians to this very day. The situation in Palestine serves as a brutal reminder of the consequences of colonialism and the ruthless dispossession of indigenous people. It is an agonizing reminder that the fight for justice knows no borders, and we must stand united in solidarity with all oppressed people, whether they reside in the United States, South Africa, or anywhere around the world. Let's be unequivocally clear, advocating for the rights of the Palestinian people is not synonymous with denying the rights and security of the Jewish people. The fight for justice in Palestine is not an assault on any particular group but an unwavering stand against the policies of a Zionist state that has for far too long stripped Palestinians of their rights. We must remember that numerous Jewish voices also resound in the calls for justice and peace in Palestine, and their voices must not be silenced. In our relentless pursuit of justice for the Palestinian people, we must also acknowledge that it is in the best interest of the entire world to seek a just and enduring solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It is a pursuit in the name of peace, stability, and the dignity of all mankind. But let me underscore this. 
The battle for justice in Palestine is not merely a political struggle, it's an elemental moral battle. It's the fight for the most basic human rights of a people who have suffered these injustices for far too long. It's the fight for the right to exist in peace and security, free from the ceaseless specter of violence and dispossession. Palestinian struggle... Yeah, so that's just... Um, Back then, yeah. Yeah, that was back in the 60s, you know. They were still going yeah. through what they're going through today. I mean, you know, almost like black people in America, <laughs> you know, uh, treated yeah, like yeah. second-class citizens, you know, still fighting to get, you know, equal rights. Uh, so it's... Uh, there just are some human certain, rights. rights. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. You know, basic uh, human rights. So, uh, you know, they've got the occupation... And uh, Israel and and like you say, it's affecting not only the surrounding Arab nations, uh, but it's you know starting to spread. I think the timing of it isn't good for Joe Biden, you know. So it's uh, yeah. it's also bad timing, you know, um, when it comes to that because uh, people, you know. Will some people will uh, decide whether or not they're going to vote for him based on the outcome of of this conflict? Yes, it is. Yeah, you know. Go ahead. What'd you say, Jenny? I was just saying, didn't um, uh, didn't he the president? Did he go and see him? Uh, he went over to, uh, where did he go? He was going to, um, he was going to try to make to talk. Yeah. And then he ended up canceling, um, one of his meetings right around the time, you know, the conflict had, uh, started. And so, uh, he was, I think he had a meeting with uh, Xi, the president of uh, China, this past week. I think they met somewhere here in America. So it's um, it's, it's a big political mess. Um, and, you know, they're asking America to finance a large portion of not only the war, in Israel, but also the war in Ukraine. So, you know, um, America is funding. Being torn every way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got our own problems here at home. You know, that is fun. that's what a lot of people are saying. You're giving Ukrainians uh, all this money to help them over there, and we have people on the street living on the street. So he has done something about that. You're giving, uh, someone said 15000 to the immigrants coming in here. You know, we can't pay our life for gas. You know, they were complaining about all this money going out of the country. And, uh, and, that's, and that's true. I mean, there's, um, and then, you know, there's even a war going on right now over in Sudan, the far, where, you know, 700,000 people have been displaced and, and you know they've got a civil war, mm-hmm. and the the, the rival um, factions 
uh, fighting against you, against each other and um, killing and raping, you know, the women and um, nobody's talking about that though, you know. So when it comes to black people, you know, black and brown yeah. people, yeah, they can kill each other and not make the news. Don't want to say anything, yeah. Don't want to say anything, yeah. Right, right. But you know, yeah. everybody's, up in, everybody's up in arms about Israel and Palestine. I know that. The former President Obama was saying, he said the Israelis should put themselves in the place of the Palestinians. What are you saying? Because what they want is Israel to not exist at all. That's what they want. You don't exist well, at all. It's, it's family squabble since the time, you know, of Abraham, and, you know. And then, and, and, you know, 1948, when they created the Israel state, um, you know, it, trying to have a two-state uh, solution, Palestine, part of the uh, agreement was that Palestine not be able to have any um, military representation. So, oh, oh, you know, so in other words, they couldn't have any arms where they could attack Israel. So, you know, so you know, they've, yeah, they've been at uh, disadvantage uh, in their uh, existence under that particular arrangement. Mm-hmm. And so right now, you know, they're, they're killing all these women and children and um, saying that uh, it's in the name of revenge. But then the other uh, Arab countries are using uh, the Palestinians. I was listening to this one man, uh, a black guy was talking to one of these Israelis, um, uh, you know, uh, citizens, and he was saying, well, what are you, what, what, you going to do with that? Well, you know, how come the Palestinians can't come over there to you? Can't you help them out? He said, well, how, how come the Arabs around them, they are Muslim, how come they will not help their own? They're using them against Israel. No one wants to help you, but they will use you for their own purpose. This is what's happening. Wasn't Egypt was, didn't want to take so many of them in and all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Let them stay right there. All of that. They won't take you in, you know, since they're using them. They're being used to further their cause. In other words, to, to completely eradicate the Jews. They are being used. And even if we were to give them their own state, they give them their own state and their own part of the Jewish, um, you know, Jerusalem and stuff, they would still not be satisfied because they would still come and try to fight against Israel. They want them out. Non-existent. This is what they want. This is what... <laughs> suppose, remember they were talking about how black people should take the south and the rest of the white people move north and stuff like that. And we have our line. They have, they have theirs. And we have ours. Remember, I, someone was uh, saying that this, maybe we should do this because of the race, racial tension. Even in mm-hmm. that, suppose we start doing business with people like Russia to build our country up, build our side up in China, all of them to build us up here, they, we would be a threat still to the white because we're letting them come into our land to do this, 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 and so, and they wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. You can see that. Right. 
They wouldn't be comfortable with it, no. They would be nope. afraid. That's they're that afraid of the soil? No, they would not be comfortable. Right. Well, they, um, I was looking at 60 Minutes the other day, and they were saying how they've got uh, Arab, some of these Arab nations uh, are hiring different, uh, they're hiring different hit people to carry out uh, assassinations and kidnappings on some of uh, some military officials or ex-military or ex-White uh, uh, House advisors. Um, I don't have a list of the names of the people that's on the list, but um, they were saying how, you know, they are um, trying to hire people and they've got, you know, groups hiring other groups, you know, from from Venezuela. Some people kind of off the, some of the drug gangs, some of the people that's not on the radar as terrorists. Uh, so, you know, they can pass a little easier. Um, so, you know, and this is what's taking place on American soil, you know, especially against people that are uh, cr- criticizing and um speaking out against what's, you know, not only what's going on over in um, the Arab countries, but, you know, the women, uh, the lady that's here is advocating for uh, the women over in the Arab countries not to have to wear their hijabs, you know, hijabs. And so it's, uh, you know, they, they will not hesitate to kill you. And chop you up in little pieces. This is all they know. This is all they know, y'all. And that, to me, it's sad because I feel like our community—we're not together. What we can, we can, you know, hold our own. That's what's sad about it. It's sad that uh, the black community here—we need to pull together. In fact, more of the uh, sex trafficking is going on, you know, here. Our, our people are, you know, more the um, the um, wanting to dis, dismember, should I say dismember, our young people, you know, and things like that, uh, demasculate the men, demasculate the little boys and things of that nature. We're dealing with all of that. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's not by accident, it's by design, you know, what's oh, yeah. going on. Yes, it it's just a matter of, you know, when you you know you're caught up in the mix and caught up in what's going on i mean you know who's the person that's ringing the alarm and telling you that these this is what's going on this is what's happening there's so many distractions uh that it's um you know they it's smoking mirrors they have you looking over here while they're pulling the wool over your eyes so it's, it's um, yeah, it's challenging, you know, to get ahead. You know, they want to ban books and um, and um, basically yeah. our history. Yeah, they want to erase the history, and um, it's just hard times right now. I mean, you know, we thought, you know, we had made some progress in in the civil rights movement, 
And now it's uh, almost like... So who's benefiting you know, from the civil rights movement? Who is benefiting from the civil rights movement? Well, they're I mean... Benefiting. When you say they're benefiting, what do you mean? They're benefiting from it. I understand that uh, even as far as hiring and things of that nature. I was listening to Roland Martin. It was the white woman that benefited more. Oh, yeah, they're considered minority. And then look at the Asian community. They have benefited from their um, Supreme Court thing, you know, to shut out more and more. They said, we're trying to help you. No, you're living off of what we have put together. It has taken time to put it together. And now the uh, Muslim uh, community, they're fighting me now. They're fighting the LGB community over teaching us our children that you know type of uh, life. They don't believe in that, and they're fighting. They, from what I stand, understand, they're filing a Supreme Court uh, ruling against that. We can't get it together to do anything, boy. Well, we you know, they were you know also talking about. Um, who is, you know, uh, Cornell West is running for president. So they were talking about, yeah, who, talking about who's financing him, you know. So Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice Clarence, Clarence Thomas, uh, good friend, Harlan Crow, the billionaire, is um, one of the largest um, financiers of Cornell West. Uh, run for president and they say the, you know the biggest thing that can come from that is anybody that votes for Cornell West is probably taking votes away from Joe Biden that's true so, oh yeah so Cornell West has been a sellout in my opinion for quite a while him and Tavis Smiley together especially during uh, Barack Obama's terms uh they had a lot of criticisms and criticisms and critiques um, about how he was running. Kanye West. Is Kanye West running again? Uh, no, I ain't heard. I ain't heard about Kanye lately. <laughs> yeah. I think he got it's other. A lot we have on our plate to consider, y'all. It's an awful lot. Yeah, that's true. You know, and then. And then we have this war, and like you say, they're attacking American bases, you know, with American soldiers. So it's, uh, it's a lot going about, on. Yeah. So That's I tell you they're what. Going to have a, we might have that blackout, you know, through our, our grid fault. They're going to use it and to put us in the dark. Nothing to work. And make yourself vulnerable. They're talking about that. Well, that wouldn't be good. So I tell you what, hold that thought. We're going to take a commercial break. Um, oh, yeah. Play a couple commercials, and we'll be right back after these messages. We'll be right back after these messages. Is your food bland and you want to spice it up? Does it taste like something is missing? What's missing is my seasoning, Butch's Bodacious Seasoning, 
all-purpose seasoning, good on absolutely everything but ice cream. I'm Linda Porter, President and CEO of Butch's Bodacious Seasoning. To get the spice back in your life, call me at 313-393-2738. You won't regret it. Thank you. If you are in need of life insurance, auto or home insurance, or need help in getting out of debt, call your helpful insurance agents at Prime Financial Services. Did you know if you add a child rider to your life insurance policy, you can add multiple children for the price of one, starting at $10,000 worth of coverage for under $10. Call today for a free quote at 313-293-0979. Mention you heard this ad on this show for a free gift. Lions Clubs International is a service or membership organization of over 1.7 million members worldwide. It was founded in 1916 in Illinois. Much of the focus of the Lions Club's work as a service club organization is to raise money for worthy causes as first responders. The Lions Club motto is, We Serve. Local Lions Club programs include sight conservation, hearing and speech conservation, diabetes awareness, youth outreach, international relations, environmental issues, and many other programs. The LIONS acronym also stands for Liberty, Intelligence, Our Nation's Safety. For more information, contact us at lionsclubs.org. We're back with Let's Talk About It with Jenny White. All right, we're back. We're back. Uh, We've got a couple more minutes uh, left uh, in this show. And so uh, where do do we leave off, Sister Lucy? What were you saying? Help. Right. Catching it. Catching it, right. Help, help. Okay, well. Help. What do we go from here? There's so much division. There's so much division. Yeah, I think that, you know, we just have to, uh, as a people, take control of what we can control, keep... uh, uh, education out there, lines of communication, and, you know, it starts at home. You know, we have to be able to not only teach our children, uh, you know, at home, but uh, we have to, it takes a village, Um, you know, it takes a village. So in order for the black community to get better, we have to uh, learn financial um, independence. We have to teach that to each other so that we can break a lot of these generational uh, curses and um, and increase our net worth as a people. So we've got uh, we've got some work to do, uh, and then you know we'll continue to uh, keep ourselves educated on uh, this Palestinian uh, Israel Palestinian conflict. Uh, 
as well. So uh, with that being said, uh, Sister Lucy, you have any uh, final words that you'd like to share with us? Uh, thank you for, you know, assisting with the show tonight. Well, thank you for assisting me with assisting the show tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't need no help. I lost your co-host. <laughs> right, so right. I'm just, I'm just and, uh, pushing buttons. Be, go ahead. No, I was just saying, uh, you know, you, you you can hold your own pretty good. Uh, anyway, um, we just have to be encouraged. Uh, trust, put more of our faith in the Lord, and ask Him daily how you know we have going through a rough time. How can we bring it together, and uh, a lot better? How can we pull it together, and um, and still, even under the hardest times, we can still be successful. I still believe that. Oh, I remember yeah. we have to strengthen what we said the word uh, Bishop J. used to say. He said, you strengthen what remains hmm. and make it work. Strengthen right. what remains. And this is what families will have to do, communities will have to do, strengthen what remains. And it's very important that uh, we do that. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. And Sister uh, Jenny White. Oh, oh yeah. Sir. All right. Yes, yes, yes. You have any words? What I have to say is, in my life, I've lived, I've lived, I've lost, I've missed, and I've hurt, made mistakes, but most of all, I've learned. So that's what I have to say tonight. All right. Well, we thank very, you for joining very, us. Very good. Hostess with the mostest, and uh, we it will is. be... Uh, doing this again next week, uh, same time, same place. Well, well, I take that back. No, we won't be doing this next week. Next week is going to be um, the day after Thanksgiving. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be taking a break on that Friday. So uh, everyone enjoy. Have a happy and safe holiday. Uh, don't Thank eat too you. much food. All right. All right. And uh, <laughs> we thank you for tuning in and spending this time on Friday nights with us. And hopefully uh, you got a little education and information out of it. And uh, we'll see you in uh, two weeks. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Happy Bye-bye. holiday. We're back. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks for talking about it with Jenny White. Sorry, wrong button. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.